Hi, I am your host, Dr. Clyde Posley, and welcome to Moves That Matter. I'm looking forward to a great show tonight. I'm going to get into reason three as to the seven reasons why uh, racism works in America. Seven reasons why racism works in America. I am excited uh, about getting into this show. I'm looking forward to it. We're getting several views. The viewership is up. I'm saying some tough stuff, but people are liking it because the views are increasing, but mainly the shares are increasing. What I need from you, I need you to hit share on your Facebook button. I need you to share this with other people. Talk to people about it. Even if you don't agree with what I'm saying, let's have some discussion about it. If you have a different point of view, find your sources, because I'm certainly talking to you from sources that I can prove. So listen, I'm excited to have you here. I appreciate you tuning in like you do every Tuesday night at 7.30. I'm going to come right back with a profound, powerful teaching. This is going to be part one. Number three is going to have an A and B to it. I'm going to bring in an intellectual scholar to talk about, uh, help me talk about point three. I'm going to talk about it uh, first and then bring her in on next week's show. God bless you. Listen, you don't want to miss what we talk about right now. Get your popcorn, get your drink. I'll be right back. In 1992, lawyer and Harvard professor Derek Bell wrote a book entitled Faces at the Bottom of the Whale, The Permanence of Racism. In this book, among the many powerful notions he sets forth, one of them is that racism remains stalwart in America because it is designed to remain permanently. That the, that the American way of life is set up to be racist. And some of the violence that ensues against people of color and black people is a necessary concept in the minds of white races because every, anything that can be done to maintain what they consider to be order, which is white dominance over brown people, is a necessary component of keeping what is the proper order. This this type of violence is dangerous. It's evil. Violence in and of itself is always dangerous. There are no winners when when violence happens. When the girl, the four babies were bombed in Atlanta, Dr. Martin Luther King was, uh, during the eulogy, preaching and said something that is so powerful. He said, violence is antithetical to a civil society. In other words, if you need violence to maintain the civility of a civil world, then that civil world is propped up on something that is ultimately going to cause us to perish like fools. I need you to understand today, there is a permanence that is a component of racism. In other words, people who believe that racism is right don't intend, don't intend to stop it. They, they, there need to be faces at the bottom of their well of the, of their thinking because there are, in their mind, there are people who are better and people who are worse. And that's just the way the world is. I need to let you know, as I introduce reason number three, why racism works in America, this logic is flawed. People are people. 
Some of the greatest creations in the world have happened by people of color. The Sphinx, the pyramids, heart surgery, the elevator, the cotton gin, and on and on. What we can do with peanut oil. All of these come from, were invented by people of color. And there are several other great inventions. But here's the segue into point number three. If you don't know your cultural history, then you are, you are helping racism to continue through your ignorance. I didn't call you stupid. I didn't say you're stupid if you don't know a lot about your cultural history. So don't tell anybody that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is any evil that is happening in our lives, if we don't know our history and the history of that evil, then we can, we are powerless to fight against that evil. You need to know your history. You need to know your history. You need to know um, why how we got here. We need to know if there are any truths to what happened with Shaka Zulu. We need to know if actually uh, 500,000 slaves died in the, in the Atlantic Ocean. We need to know if that's why often the sharks that were found, they're following after it were, were extremely large sharks because uh, whether or not that was because of the feeding frenzy they could have through the, through the uh, dark passages. You need to know your history. You need to know your history that, that Christianity is not a, quote, white man's religion. It, there were people of color that uh, uh, that uh, are at the base of the most traceable history of Christianity, which started in Africa. There's tapestry today. There, there's a religious tribe of people who consider themselves Israelites called the Igbos, who are people of color who can be traced back uh, to still be practicing the origins of true uh, Israel and, and 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 true Christianity. But you need to know your history. You need to know the skin color of the true Israelite from the Bible. Solomon said that he was uh, that, that he was black and beautiful. Je the Bible says concerning Jesus that he had feet like brass and hair like wool. That's the description of a black person. Abraham, and if you trace back the Hebrew history of the word Abraham, means black father of the faithful. But you need to know your history. And as long as you don't know your history, then you are subject to be a part of the scam of racism and, and, and you will be, and they will be continue to make money off you if you do not know your history. Now, often people who begin to learn their history about their blackness and the history of our treatment and the history of our life on American shores often find themselves, uh, developing anger and resentment and and want to retaliate when they come to understand the true vileness and the wretchedness of how blacks have been treated and uh and how Indians were treated and how Aztecs were treated and how Mexicans were treated on these soil. I want to tell you that tonight that anger is not the right response to knowledge. Righteous indignation is not violent anger. Teach pastor, I'm trying to do it. Righteous indignation is not the same as anger and leading to violence. God, Jehovah, expresses righteous indignation. There are things the Bible says in, in the book of Proverbs chapter 6, 
six things the Lord hateth, yea, seven are an abomination unto God. There are times that you find God saying that he hates a thing, but that is not saying God saying I'm trying to kill that thing or destroy it or treat it in, it, in an evil way. So I'm saying to you that when you get, begin to gain knowledge, anger and viciousness and retaliation is not the response. I don't agree. Uh, with people like Stokely's, uh, Carmichael, who, who, as he learned his blackness in the sixties, became more wretched and vile against Dr. Martin Luther King. Knowledge should not cause us to turn on each other. Knowledge should not cause humanity to turn on each other. Knowledge should bring discussion and solutions. There are too many, and somebody's going to want to quote what I'm getting ready to say right now, but I'm giving the credit to my son, Joshua Posley. There are too many revolutionaries who are not also solutionaries. I want everybody to hear that. There are far too many people who gain knowledge and want to all of a sudden become a revolutionary instead of becoming a solutionary. Because the knowledge that you gain when you start to learn your history is not designed to you become a weapon against people, but instead a fuel for a stronger future in the life of a solutionary. I need you to understand that today. The Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. I'm getting ready to bless somebody here today. While racism, while lynching and racism and vile treatment of our women and our children over the years has decimated the African American culture and people of color. I need you to know something and I believe the whole Bible. God says to Hosea, through the prophet Hosea, my people are destroyed not because of other people only, but because of what they do not know. That suggests that what you know has the power, more power than you can have in your weapons. They're the greatest weapon that you need to perpetuate your oncology, your personal existence. You, you don't have a people problem. You have an epistemology problem. Epistemology is a word that simply means knowledge sources, where you get your information from. And many people suffer the degradation of racism and the perpetuation of racism because you do not know what's being done to you. And you therefore don't know how to get out of the mouse chasing the cheese trap that racism can put you in. I need you to understand something today. You cannot just set up and watch TV. And let Donald Trump tell you what's going on in the world. You cannot just watch MSNBC and learn what's going on in the world. You cannot just learn, watch, sit up and watch Fox Network. You cannot just sit up and just watch shows that only teach about your African American history and learn what's going on in the world. As I draw you closer, come closer to the screen so I can tell you something. Read. Find some history books. Do some research. Go to the African American um, Museum in D.C. Go to the Jewish Museum that, uh, in Cincinnati. Go to read the Stone Gate Papers in North Carolina. Visit the museums in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Visit uh, the Cultural History Museum in Los Angeles. Read, research. Go to Chicago, go to University of Chicago and look into the library of some of our history and stop letting people tell you who and what you are. We've got to read. 
We've got to find a way to get some information that's not only what we want to hear. Because it's a lie from the pit of hell if you think that our only problems as a black culture came from white people. That's just not true. All people were born sinners and on their way to hell. And there's some things about us as a culture that if we don't stop, we're going to self-implode. But you've got to check our history. I know a lot of the killing going on in Chicago and the the black-on-black uh, crime, which are crimes of proximity, most of the time, even in a family, you hurt. If you have a problem that you don't know how to fix and you become destructive, you're going to be destructive to the people who are closest to you. And so many of our black on black crimes are because we are, we, they are crimes of proximity. We are close to people and they suffer the brunt of our, us feeling caged into situations that often racism has put us in. So I'm not claiming that racism has nothing to do with it, but ultimately there's still the will in every person. And just like I grew up in Brightwood and chose to not let Brightwood continue to control me, there are other people who grew up in Zuniville, Hallville, other places on the far east side, places where there are concrete jungles and the statistics say you're going to leave out of here in a body bag. Many of us have grown up in tough times, but can I tell you something? You need to fix your, you need to choose by an act of the will. And here, let me give you a way to how to start to use information that will help you. Tune in here. I want you to really hear this. You cannot will, which is to make a choice until you feel, which is to have an emotion. And you cannot feel, have an emotion until you know. Now, I know my producer's hearing that and he's going to want to use that. He's going to be talking about it Sunday morning. I'm telling you, you cannot will, which is to make a choice until you properly feel, which is to have, choose what emotion you feel. And you cannot feel, which choose your emotion until you know. Let me flip it around and say it differently. Knowledge, what the truth is, the knowledge should dictate how you feel and how you feel should dictate your choice. There are some of us who have that all backwards. You got some emotion, some anger, some pain. You upset about what has happened to you while living while black. That's emotion dictating your behavior. But anytime a person is driven by their emotions, then truth is secondary to them. What they know or truth is secondary. And when you are driven as a primary person where your emotion drives you, then knowledge or truth is not driving you. And you're going to constantly be willing making wrong decisions. Because decisions that you make only out of emotion that are not born from truth are dangerous. I need you to hear me today. We need to read. We need to not only read, we need to write. We need to begin to express ourselves and not just write books that are our testimony. I'm not trying to fight anybody. Your story is nice and I'm not trying to tell you not to tell your story. But unless your story is going to help somebody change oppressive behavior, poor self-esteem, emotional damage, a testimony in and of itself is not all we need. We need you to become politically astute, socially astute, theologically astute, so that you can understand what's really going on. You can really understand how this world really functions. I wish I had time to get into this and how this world is really only run by seven families who are called the cabal. And this whole, these whole families dictated, people worried about the Illuminati, the cabal is far more dangerous. There are seven families that run this entire planet. 
And that's why part of the reason I wish I had time to deal with that. I can't catch me and we'll talk personally about that. So we, we, we need to get information and knowledge so that we can become viable in the place where we have been placed, uh, been set. Part of the reason I pursued a PhD and intentionally didn't pursue a doctoral degree that was rooted in religion. I have religious degrees, but I put, I intentionally pursued a PhD that was not rooted per se in a religious uh, denomination is because I wanted to become cultured and well versed in world understanding. The word philosophy means truth. The search for truth. And when, and, and so the first word of a PhD, a, a philosophy, a, 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 a philosophy doctrine is a truth doctrine. It seeks truth. And sometimes when you're pursuing truth at the doctoral level or, or, or at the level of a, just going to the library, real truth is not necessarily your friend. You are going to find out some truth that you may not want to hear. But I would rather have a truth I didn't want to hear than to be in love with a lie. Well, that's good stuff right there. I'd rather learn some truths from getting into, from learning what I did not want to hear and have the truth than to be going around promoting what is not true, which is a lie. We need to write. We need to read. We need to write. We need to, we need to listen. We have sages. We have, uh, uh, my father's 94 years old. He has things he can tell me. Uh, from back in the 1920s and why the Harlem Renaissance failed, why they exiled Marcus Garvey, what, what were his concepts? We need to, not only do we need to read and write to know our, uh, gather our history, but we, uh, we need to do as Bell Hooks talks about, talks about, uh, uh, in the Sage Performance book. We need to engage ourselves in, in the sites of knowing that are available to us. These sites of knowing include oral transmission. Talk to a senior. Talk to, sit down and interview some of your grandparents. Talk to some of the elders at your churches. Listen to what they have to say so we don't keep repeating some of the same habits. Let's find ourselves. Getting the information, accessing, not just sitting up listening uh, to what, what's on Facebook and what somebody's quick quote is for the day or somebody's who's just trying to get some Twitter followers throwing something out at you. Is that stuff true? There's some truth. I'm, I'm not a proponent. I'm not a follower nor a proponent of Louis Farrakhan. But every now and then, Louis Farrakhan will say something that is true and we may not like it, but it's the truth. There are, uh, there are multiple teachers. Folk we do not like. There are, I have learned, and I want to say this, and I mean this from the bottom of my mind. There was a man named John Shook, who was one of my PhD professors. He's an He was an atheist. He taught me mightily about religion. Certainly we disagree about Christ. Obviously he's an atheist. But being exposed to him blessed me. By the time I was ready to graduate, uh, defend my dissertation, he was writing letters of recommendation for me, an atheist, writing letters of recommendation for a PhD black Baptist pastor because we had developed a relationship. It was not centered on Christ, but it was centered on the viability of service among humans who believe that human needs 
matter. Know your history. Racism will keep fighting against you, will keep being successful when we walk in ignorance. God bless you. Part two of this show is going to be coming up next week. Thank you for listening in. Start to read, start to listen, and learn about the world you're in so we can fight together against racism. If you do that, you'll find yourself beginning to make more moves that matter. Because after all, we're all making moves. Let's take some steps to make ours moves that matter. I'm your host, Dr. Clyde Posley Jr. It's been my joy. Hit share. I'll see you next week. God bless your heart.